Welcome back to Pivot. We are here for our next episode, season two, episode 20, where we're going to discuss the one where old yeller dies. Depressing. Depressing. Yeah, this is a depressing title. Just like how I sound. It's okay. It's understandable. I I think I was thinking about this today. I think it's because I talk shit about Graham. Oh, no. His sickness. This is just my karma. It's just my karma. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, you want to come at the men's? All right. You're going to get a sinus infection. Boom. Yeah. All right. It's it's my karma. It's fine. I get it. You're going to, you're going to do fine. You're powering. We're going to do the most to make sure you don't hear me talk a lot this episode. And it might be a little quick one because my head's (laughs) going to explode. (laughs) We're going to make it through. Don't you worry. We are here to talk about friends. Season two, episode 20. The one where old yeller dies. Our writer is Michael Curtis. Greg Malins and Adam Chase. So we got three writers, which is fun. And then Michael Lembeck is back still. He he's stayed. He's, he's still here. Season two favorite. Yes. And then original air date, April 4th, 1996. All right. Natalie is going to do the episode recap because you guys don't need to hear me struggle through this. <laughs> Poor Tiana. What's happening, Natalie? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to start with Phoebe. So after walking in on the group watching Old Yeller, Phoebe realizes that her mom hasn't shown her the end of the movie because she's thinking, oh, happy trail days, right? Um, In fact, she finds out that her mom would shield her from the ending of all sad movies. And Phoebe decides to watch the end of all the movies her mom wouldn't let her watch. So I have so many questions about this, right? Like, oh, Okay, we'll get into it. Hang on, because like I got a lot to say about Phoebe in this episode. So after feeling depressed at all the sadness, Monica tells her to watch It's a Wonderful Life. But Phoebe can't finish the movie after all the sad things that happened halfway through. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I mean, she's yeah, she does watch quite a few doozies. Well, here's my thing. And this is what I was going to say is the the movies that she picked were love story terms of endearment and Brian's song. And I'm like, yeah. And Charlotte's web, Charlotte's web, understandable. But the <laughs> other three, what the fuck? Why were you letting a, a child watch those movies? Are they not like kind of grown up movies? I, that's a really good point. Now that you say, cause look old yeller. I understand that's like right. a family movie. Totally. Charlotte's web. Absolutely. You know, kids movie. You would think that like her mom wouldn't let her watch Bambi or something like that, you know? Right, but but like those other movies, yeah. Like, what's the family movie night watching Brian's song? Brian's song, like what? So then, okay, this brought up little s- bit of a moot point. It does make sense. Yeah, th- this brought up so many questions for me. So I now I'm like thinking about Phoebe's whole like character development. I'm like, okay, well, her mom kills herself when she's a kid, but we don't know exactly when she kills herself, right? But then Phoebe ends up homeless. But she talks about her grandma. So I'm really confused as to why she ends up homeless if her grandmother and her have a relationship because her grandmother doesn't have a relationship with Ursula. Yeah, Phoebe was living on the street. That's actually a good question. Phoebe was living on the street and now she's living with her grandma. So I wonder where that disconnect is from when her mother kills herself Mm -hmm. to Phoebe living on the street to then living with her grandmother. Right. Where was the grandmother when she killed herself because she was obviously around because she's she knows that her daughter wouldn't let phoebe and ursula watch the end of sad movies exactly but like why was she i mean and maybe 
some kids just don't want to live. I, I guess the only thing we could assume is that Phoebe didn't want to live with her grandmother. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing that I could think of is that Phoebe ran away. Ursula stayed and that Phoebe ended up coming back and Ursula just like kind of cut ties at some point because she's Ursula. Yeah. But anyways, so long story short, Phoebe's got an interesting dialogue this whole episode. Now on to Monica Chandler and Joey. (laughs) This is a fun one. So Joey and Chandler need to figure out who to bring to the next game because they have an extra ticket. Monica suggests they take Richard. Now, at first, they're hesitant because he's older, you know, kind of the dad figure or whatever. But Monica said if they ask him, he might take him in his jag, the jaguar. Such a dude thing. So dude. Such a dude thing. And they agree. After the game, the guys come into the coffee shop pumped about having hanging out with Richard and because he's such a smooth, cool guy. I mean, he is. He is. Compared to these dweeby 20-year-olds. <laughs> he is. He is. He knows He knows what's up. So they start to pick up traits of Richard, like growing a mustache and smoking cigars. Then they hang out with him again at a Rangers game, and they can't get enough of Richard. Turns out Richard likes hanging out with the guys, but it bothers Monica because he doesn't have that much free time to begin with. And after a game of foosball, Joey and Chandler ruin it by saying he's so much cooler than their dads. Poor Richard. (laughs) Richard is bummed out because he thought he was just one of the guys and Monica cheers him up. So good on Monica. Sorry for Richard. And it is a quite the age difference. Like they definitely look up to Richard. He is just too old to be like that one of the guys, unfortunately. Totally. As much as I want to be in Richard's corner, he's just too old to be one of the guys. This is where dating an older person, younger person, whatever, this is where you see that dynamic the most like broken. With their friends. It's the, it's the friends. You know, you're yeah. just not going to molt, like meld with them as much as you would like. So, no. But it is funny. Richard kind of picks up the Chandler speaking cadence. Just to, I thought that was cute. He just messes with him. I love that. And I think you can have friends in different age ranges, for sure. Oh yeah. It's just that big of an age range is just not going to work. No, it's just not. When you kind of get to the 20 year age gap, I don't think that like building a friendship, like you're just not having shared experiences unless someone is living way outside their age range, you know? Right. I'm trying to think of in my mid twenties, we had friends that were older, but they were, you know, we were mid twenties. They were mid thirties, early thirties. Right. So it's not that different. You know, we weren't in like completely different stages of life where like they're not having grandkids. Yeah. That's the thing. They is might like, have kids. Yeah. But not grandkids. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Um, but what do you think is the right amount of time that your boyfriend gets to spend with their friends or your husband? I was thinking about this and it's, it's tough. And I think it's definitely changed over the years. Like when I was, when you're in your twenties, it definitely is an odd pull of like how much your boyfriend spends time with you. Mm-hmm. It's different when you first start dating versus when you're in a relationship. And then like Graham and I have friends that were like, man, like, you know, codependency is, unhealthy but then it's like complete depend independency and you're like do you guys even like hang out like it's it's weird right and so it's definitely hard when you're first dating to figure out like well how much time should they get to spend with their friends and how much time do i get to spend with them mm-hmm. you don't want to be needy but you also want to build a relationship totally. and if the guy or girl is being too 
is two in their friends. It's such a fine balance, right? Cause you don't want to be like leaving your friends and decommitting to things just for your new boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But then also you have to spend time together to build a relationship. Totally. There's a, such a fine balance. And I think that the biggest shift I was trying to think about this is when you start living together. Like when you start living together, it your independent time and your time with your friends becomes a lot more precious. It's almost like now that we live together, okay, I want to go <laughs> hang out. Yep. Like, and, bye. <laughs> and then when you have kids, it's like, hey, I want some kid free time. Right. And so I need the break. You got the break. It's it's one of those. It's such a weird dynamic. It's kind of like when you first get together, you have to spend time together and you have to be careful to not be um, dis- disregarding your friends, right? Like you yeah. can't... Don't fall into you, the dick you, sand. We talked about Don't fall that. into the dick sand. Don't be like flaky because you're in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. But you have to spend time with them. Yep. And then the more you're together, you get married and then you're like, okay, like I really want to have time apart from you. Like I love <laughs> yeah. having time. And like this is this is why like I value girls trips so much. And, Mm -hmm. and like, I, I just think every, every person needs to go on like the girls trip, the guys trip, whatever, because it really does. I think wonders for like your self-confidence and your independence. Yep. And then coming back together and talking about your different, your different experiences. Yeah, totally. Cause I think it just, because at the end of the day, like you are, a couple you are a partnership but you're also you should be your own individual person and you have to kind of like feed that fire because if you try to feed that fire too much through the partnership then that's where codependency really comes in right so totally agree i would love a girl's trip i'm trying to plan one right now um but you know monies it all costs the monies so if anybody has any suggestions i'm trying to go to new orleans for a weekend Probably well, in the spring. Fun. Yeah, I got a girlfriend that lives down there. I told her I want to do all the like woo-woo, like voodoo tours oh, and stuff. I would love to do like a like a voodoo tour, like a haunted spooky tour. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've only done the drunken New Orleans, the bar, the Bourbon Street New Orleans. And yeah. I think that it has way more to offer the food for one. Yeah, for sure. So if anybody has suggestions, please let me know. Yeah. On to Ross and Rachel who are giving us the ick, but maybe not this episode. So after a night with Ben, Ross asks Carol and Susan for more time with Ben so he doesn't miss monumental moments as he's growing up. Carol and Susan go away for the weekend and leave Ben with Ross enthusiastically saying, yes, please take mm-hmm. him. Um, the next, Which makes me question uh-huh. their custody agreement because like, <laughs> okay. I feel like it's pretty loosey-goosey. I mean, it seems like... It does seem loosey-goosey, but also like, why doesn't Ross get... It? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, what did he say? When one weekend a month or one day a week or yeah i think one day a week that seems really little but baby it's still very small yeah we'll we'll let that one go so the next day ross goes to the coffee shop with ben to see rachel there he proceeds to lay out his entire plan for he and rachel including babies moving to the suburbs living in the best neighborhood although the taxes are a little high this freaks rachel out and she leaves the coffee shop in a panic Back at the apartment, Rachel tells Ross she doesn't want the next 20 years of her life planned out because that's one of the reasons she left Barry. Ross gets it, but he says he's not going to stop planning their future because he knows they're going to end up together. And after a very sweet, lovely, heated exchange, they both say, I love you. I love that whole exchange. Like, yeah, that's the first time we've said that. 
<laughs> I'm going to kiss you now. You better. <laughs> yeah. Super. It's super cute. And it's definitely that like juxtaposition of really that's usually, and, and this is again, heteronormative, but it's usually the woman who's like planning things out. Right. Ross is, I was thinking about this. Ross is very much the woman in the relationship. Yep. If we're following typical gender norms, yep. like I'm so proud of Rachel for saying like, listen, dude, I don't want to just plan the next 20 years of my life. They've been dating for like a couple months. Yeah. I think I would be, um, if I were Rachel and I didn't know Ross before dating, I think I would have ran. I would have been gone. Like, no, it's, it's also just kind of like very presumptive to not to be planning all that and then not have even the conversation of like, Hey, do you want to move to Scarsdale? Yeah. Like, the, or just like, if you could move anywhere, would, you know, in the suburbs, let's say, yeah. Would you want to ever do that? Or like, Hey, do you want to have kids? Yeah. He doesn't even ask that. No, he's just making the assumption. Yeah. And they, you know what they say about that? Uh, like, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So, Oh man. So that night, Ross teaches Rachel how to change a diaper and Ben says his first word, hi, while Ross is on the other room. And as he's leaving with Carol and Susan, he says bye and Ross melts. It's so cute. It's really cute. I thought it is funny how like Ross keeps missing Ben's big moments. I know. And then finally he gets the big one. Yeah, I like it. And I like all of the reaction. I think it's totally adorable. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think this is funny, like what you were saying. So Rachel is like every other 20 something holding a baby. I mean, yeah, I cannot be imagine being 20 years old and having to figure out all this child stuff. I'm 33 and I'm just trying to figure this <laughs> shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just hold it. Like, hold him like you can hold football. This is how I'd hold a football. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I don't resonate as much with that, but I have always really loved kids. And I started babysitting when I was really young. So like yeah. I would have been fine holding the baby, but even now when people are like, let me show you my kids. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that to me though. I get, no, to, that, show you. I get to show you. She endless, does not count. Endless pictures of baby. She does not count. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like, it's you're just like I'm not in that space and I don't know at 24 25 that I would have really wanted to date somebody that had a kid like again if I hadn't known like if Rachel hadn't known Ross before and had this history with him and and all of this I don't know that she would have dated him (laughs) no I I don't think so so I mean that's a that's a lot to walk into and they don't really talk about that a lot about how Rachel's basically an instant stepmom essentially that would have freaked her out yeah but yeah that's really interesting so um and but her black and white top that she's I in love it oh so good so good no and i was looking at the apron though expecting like a cute little apron watch and there's no it's that's just, okay you don't need one with that black outfit black and white outfit you don't need one it takes is, away from it you know what i mean this is true very very true so that is our recap and we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back <laughs> And we are back. Going to get into some background research. There's some stuff. There's not a lot for this episode that I was seeing. No, not not a whole ton, but it's it's a cute episode for sure. So in this mm-hmm. episode, Ben says his first word, hi, which is the first thing and the first line that Ross has in this series. Hi. I didn't tie that back until this episode, which is really cute. Yeah, I like that. That's adorable. Little Is it meta? I don't know if that's meta. No, that's not very meta. 
I don't know. You'd have to ask the kids. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Yeah. So in the bloopers, the gag reel um, on the DVD, they have, oh my gosh, they have to redo the scene where Ross brings Ben into the coffee shop and he's like, can you say dada? Because the sweet little boy keeps saying dada. I know. He's like, can you say it's Ben and his dada? Can you say dada? And, and Ross is continuing talking. He's like, dada. I'm like, so cute. He's so cute. And you see Jennifer Aniston actually kind of like melt a little bit. She's just like, oh. Yeah. I like that. Because it just, I don't know, that not humanizes her, but it like kind of takes her out of the character a little bit. And you're just yeah. kind of like, oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Um, so this is really fun. So when Richard is explaining to Monica that the guys are going to watch the college basketball playoffs, Monica goes, go Vassar. And Lisa Kudrow actually went to Vassar college. Where is Vassar? Is that it's in, in New York? It's in Poughkeepsie in New York. Okay. Suburb of. Guess what kind of degree she got? Cause this is kind of interesting. What? A biology degree. I was going to say like psychology, but that makes sense. Or I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, it was, well, it was biology and I also saw it listed as psychobiology. So I'm not sure what's accurate, but I've never psychobiology. heard, never heard of psychobiology. So I'm going to go with biology. And so, which is really interesting. And like, I always knew that she was really intelligent, but I mean, look, I am not science minded, like in that academic sense. So I'm like, this is pretty cool. So psychobiology, it says, describes the relationship between psychological and behavioral processes and the underlying physio- physiological mechanisms. Ooh. Blah, 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 blah. Wah, 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 Great. <laughs> Long story short, Lisa Kudrow is smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but super cool, and I really like that connection. So <laughs> we need to talk about this. Yeah, because in the show... Ben pulled himself up for with a table and Ross was really excited. Turns out he'd already done that, which the, the average age that children can pull themselves to standing is six months. No, no average age for kids to pull themselves up is like seven to 12 months, seven to 12 months. Yes. So I was like, wait a second. I had to go back and think, I can't remember when my daughter pulled herself up to be honest with you. Yeah. Six months. They're barely scooting. Right. Yeah, they're, they might be crawling. Really, they're learning how to sit on their own without falling over. Um, and so when I was like, wait, six months, I was like, is that, is that not? So that's not right. No, it's not right. So, but I did go back because I was like, wait a second, how old has Ben in this episode? If we're going off of when he was born, um, he would be about 11 months in this episode. So, so he should be crawling at least in this episode. Crawling. Some kids don't even crawl. Some kids do like just scoot or um, pull themselves up and they just go straight to walking. it's crazy. Every kid is so different that you can say like averages, like for example, my daughter didn't start fully walking until she was like 13 months old. It was after her first birthday, but my parents will tell me and my sister all the time, you guys started walking at nine months. And I'm like, holy shit. If she had started walking at nine months, I think I would have freaked out. So every kid is just so different, but average is seven to 12 months for pulling himself up. So it's accurate. Now talking, I did not look up. So I'm not 100% sure, yeah. but it'll be interesting. I can't wait to see what your baby or hear what your baby's first word is. We'll see. Mine's was ball. It's probably going to be fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. 
Well, I mean, just depends on how how well Graham cleans the house. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So fun little fact, not necessarily related to this specific episode, but this is something I came across and wanted to share. So the coffee house hangout is the heart of the show. Central Perk is the the heartbeat of the show, right? And it's so iconic now. But NBC didn't like the idea. And the network wanted a diner setting. So similar to like a Seinfeld, which I just or like think a cheers with the bar and stuff. Totally. Which cheers in the bars again, super iconic. You know what that bar is. And I just think it's really weird that at the time Seinfeld is running at this time and it is one of the must see TV shows and you want another diner. I just think that's odd. I was actually thinking watching this episode because I think it's the first night when like they're watching Old Yeller, then Monica makes dinner, and then they're going to the next game. And this is just New York. Like, they're up so late, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, they do all this in the night. And, like, even then afterwards, they meet up with Richard after the game at the coffee house. And, like, that means the coffee house is open super late. Oh, yeah. It's, like, constantly going. It's just such... It's so it's so cool because I feel like you don't see that. And, like, now coffee houses close at, like, 3 p.m. Oh, totally. <laughs> but to have a cool coffee house hangout that's open past 5 p.m., I think it's so cool. And they're just drinking coffee. Yeah. I, I really... Not afraid if they can sleep. No. Well, that's because they're 20-something. Or and that, so, therefore, yeah. they can sleep after having caffeine. But, no, I like it. And what's really funny is that the network actually thought that it was too trendy and would age out. <laughs> And I find that so comical now. Like, I just think it's hilarious. But the mm. the creators, they stood really firm on the original idea. And the they call it the Insomnia Cafe theme. So, again, kind it of... It totally is. That idea that it's, like, constantly... Everybody's just there to kind of get their next caffeine fix. Yeah. Almost Gilmore Girl-esque. Yeah. But fun little fact for you. And now let's get into our best friend and frenemy. Who gets your mug? I was like really not sure who to pick, but I think talking through this, it's definitely Rachel because Mm -hmm. she stood up for herself and saying like, whoa, like I've had this past relationship. Do not plan my life for me. Like that is on me. Yeah. And I I, I always, now through the rewatch, I really, really like when Rachel stands up because I don't think I appreciated it Mm -hmm. enough without now we're really dissecting it and going episode by episode and I really like those moments because it's, I don't think Rachel ever got enough credit for it now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. She never got enough credit for like being so emotionally intelligent and, and putting up with Ross's bullshit and then like restarting her life and standing up for like just who she wants to be as a person. And even in season three, it gets even better. Totally. You know? And so... I, I don't think she ever got the credit that she deserved for just standing up for herself as a woman. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I also am going to say Rachel, cause I was having the same thoughts during our, our talk through is just, she really embodies what she is preaching. You know, yeah. she doesn't go back on her word. She really stays strong. And I, I appreciate that more. Just like you said, I appreciate that more now. And I think that there's like, this element of why isn't she kind of giving in sort of thing like 
society makes you feel like you should compromise and she doesn't. And I, and I like that more now. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, you should be so grateful. Your boyfriend wants to move to the suburbs and have babies with you. Shouldn't you be so grateful that you found a man that is obsessed? Like, right. Um, no, he should be so grateful that he found a great woman. (laughs) Like, it's just that along that same thread. Like, I feel like we're conditioned to be like, Oh my God, you're so lucky that you have a Prince charming and he's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Like, Mm -hmm. um, no, no. Women should not be conditioned to think that Prince Charming is coming to make their lives whole. They should be conditioned to understand that they make their lives whole and that Prince Charming just adds to it. He should be so lucky. He should be so lucky. Who's taking your wind? I think Phoebe. I don't want to, but I have to go there too. It's just kind of like, really? I'm just so confused. Like, yeah. When you brought that up, I was like, oh yeah, that is really bizarre. Like... I just... Where was grandma? Where was grandma? Where was Ursula? How did you get homeless? And then you Why are you watching these movies when you're a child? Why? Yeah. Why are you watching Terms of Endearment and Brian's song? Like, I I just... Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I was thinking about this when you said Bambi earlier. And I was like, well, Bambi's mom dies in the beginning. So that's why they couldn't watch that one. But yeah, she just... I just find that whole storyline a little bit kooky and not in like a cute way. Yeah. Not in an endearing way. It's just kind of in a dumb way of just like, really? You pushed me too far. I like the scene at the end with her and Ben. And that's cute. She's like, now he's going to be okay. I've watched ahead. He finds him, but there's some stuff in the middle and we're going to be fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's totally something I've had to do with my daughter is where, um, we do let her watch some Disney and we'll watch um moana we thought moana might be a little too scary for her with the bad guy or whatever and she actually is fine she's not scared remind me i've watched moana and i really like it who's the bad guy uh it's the lava monster taka oh and so if anybody's kind of in peril she'll go oh no oh no okay so we have to kind of explain like yeah, you know, but it's going to be okay. See, they're going to, so it's, I definitely resonate, resonate, resonate. See? see, I do it. You're not wrong. There it is. There it is. Um, So this one, I give a three. I give it a three too. I think it's a high three, honestly. Yeah. Um, But still a three. Yeah, because I, I like the comedic stuff with Joey and Chandler and Richard. Yeah, that's where funny. they they flipped. One got the mustache, one got the a cigar, cigar, and they're just like checking out their new vibe, you know, themselves. I think is so funny, and they're trying to be cool, like Richard, like with the had handing the money all mm-hmm. smooth and suave, and yeah. Yeah, so I love that storyline. We also like a big moment. Ross and Rachel say, "I love you." Yeah, that's a that's a big moment, and it didn't give me the ick this time. No, it's a really cute exchange. I really like that whole back and forth. I think that it's like fun and fiery in a really cute way. Yeah. So you know, all of those things together, I think give this a three. I think if this had been like other subpar, like lines, like storylines, I probably would have given this a two. But those yeah. ones raise it up for me. Yeah, I agree. So the Phoebe thing is just so dumb. I know. I know. But we'll find out more about Phoebe next week with the one with the bullies. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. one with the bullies. That's a funny one. I like that one. So anyways, um, thank you for listening to the Pivot Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow us along on Instagram at the Pivot Pod. You can also email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com with all of your questions, comments, and thoughts. We'll even take your concerns, all right? 
Sure. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.